Hi, this is Stephanie Fowler. And this is Tony Russo. And you're listening to another episode of So What's Your Story? A podcast in which we talk to authors and writers about their writing, the stories behind the story, the writing process, and any other sort of miscellaneous writing stuff that we want to talk about. Today on the podcast, we have our good friend and fellow author, Jeff Smith, who is joining us again for another Writer's Roundtable. A while back, the three of us were hanging out and talking about writing, and we thought, you know what, we should make other people listen to this kind of stuff. So in addition to talking with authors, we decided to have this Writer's Roundtable and talk about the writing process, the things that thrill us as writers, and the things that stymie us. So welcome back to the podcast, Jeff. Thanks for having me, Steph. Well, since I just said we're kind of launching into our new year, I just thought I'd kind of do like a real quick uh, year in review. We started on Delmarva Public Radio January 7th of 2017. So this will be our 52nd show on... uh DPR, it's pretty cool, and you know, thanks to everybody who listens on that. Yeah, and also a big thanks to to Chris Rank, who you know got us this really cool gig. So shout out to him. Something that we don't get to mention often enough, but kind of the origin story is that he was an actual podcast listener, and he they had a spot, and he's like, well, there's this local podcast that I think is relevant, and we've spoken with Chris about this notion of more people providing more content to the local public radio station because that way a they have to buy less but b it's something that's exclusive to theirs and something that is worth supporting but one of the things that stephanie and i can certainly attest to is the difficulty in putting out a show every week it's easy to put out a show every week for a month (laughs) (laughs) but we're coming up on two years We're coming up on two years and it's you know and it can be difficult i mean we we struggle to find guests and then to get it edited and to find things to talk about and to find times to record And that's, you know, where a lot of people kind of run up into a wall, finding the the energy and the different like we find guests. Finding guests is is really, really difficult. I think the other part, too, is that, you know, we all have full time jobs and do the podcast and the podcast really is a part time job on top of that. So it it can be hard. Um, And it seems sometimes like we have a it's like feast or famine sometimes, you know, and get on a run where we have like six guests and then we sort of. Right. End up sort of spacing out, and then we're like, "Hey, call Jeff and see if he'll come back on." <laughs> so, Hi. so thanks for being our filler. <laughs> it's a challenge that you guys have have risen to, I think, and and you've done an admirable job of doing it. It is hard to to maintain the kind of uh, consistency that you that you do, but you guys do it well, week after week, week after week. Very impressive. Yeah, and the in 2017, our debut episode on Delmarva Public Radio was with. One of my personally, one of my favorite podcasts that we did when that was with um, William Peak or good old Bill Peak out of Talbot County with um, we talked about his book, The Oblitz Confession, which mm-hmm. won, I think, like three or four pretty big time awards. And he was a fascinating guest. And I think Tony and I, after we recorded that podcast, we were like, I think we should save this to be our debut episode. It was, it was that good. I was at the Dogfish Head Poetry Prize event. Um, I guess it was about two weeks ago by now. And... There were a number of people there who really do, who are probably listening to this on the radio, you know, this very second. And um, when people give us feedback, it's always like we like to hear about the technical aspects of writing. And and it's nice to know that other people have the same difficulties. And Bill Peake, we talked about publishing and how it is really like eventually he gave up. He he gave yeah. up on getting his book published before it got published. Yeah, that was a great story, and and, and how yeah. he just like, oh well, I guess it's not going to happen. I'll stay in the library, and then bam, it happened. Right. Yeah. Literally, Ron Souter walks up to him and says, "Hey, you got anything you want to publish?" And he was like, "Um, what?" <laughs> so, 
he thought it was a trick too, right? Didn't he think yeah. when he, yeah, when he first... Yeah, sort of scam. Like so you thought it was a scam and then it turned out it wasn't a scam. Not yeah. at all. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. And we haven't had Ron on yet, but it would be it would be fun to have him on. I know he's uh, he's a local publisher. I Seekent? Seekent. Yep, Seekent Publishing. And he won't come on until he's gotten all his authors to come on. So. Yeah, he's very selfless. Yeah. Super nice guy. Very selfless. He was like, I asked him, I was like, why don't you come on and, you know, as a publisher, it'll be an interesting perspective. He's like, yeah. But I have these like seven authors. I'd really love for them to have a chance first. And I thought that was a very cool thing. And for that him to was do. something he came on the scene in a big way in 2017 uh, with Seeking Publishing and was able to put out several well-respected books by well-respected local authors. Yeah. And to tag on to that, one of my favorites who we had on the show also in early January, well, actually in January of 2017 was Barbara Lockhart who oh, uh, published the, the Night is Young, a collection of short stories. And she did that with Seeking Publishing. And that was fantastic it also won awards um so i feel like ron souter has a has a track record here with publishing books that win awards um <laughs> that's but a, that's what you want as a new as a publishing house i mean to get that kind of start off with that kind of track record oh yeah absolutely but barbara's always charming she's been on a couple of times not as many as jeff but but two or three times i think we've had barbara on and she's another one who always has a lot of insights about uh the publishing process and the writing process and she's helpful off air as well when you talk to her she's always got oh she's brilliant she's absolutely brilliant she's a good mentor to to a lot of writers out there so that's yeah yeah she was one of the people who for me personally that i have so much respect for as a writer i admire her work i love the way that she writes and she's (laughs) she's super humble but she's incredible so I, i highly recommend any of her work and any of the podcasts that she was and on. And all the podcasts she's been on. Absolutely. You, you can go back through all of our back pages. And to kind of stay with that theme a little bit, as you mentioned in the intro, one of the things that we're doing is we're recording conversations that we normally have with Jeff. And that's another thing that I think a lot of writers are missing out on because there are some people who have critique groups and who are members of critique groups, and I'm sure that that's a fine way to do things. I, I don't happen to be a, a member of one. I talk to, I'm fortunate enough to have friends who are writers, and I just talk to them about the the things that I'm having difficulties with. And we, I remember when we, the first one that we did together was on writer's block. As a roundtable, yeah, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah, it might have been, so. or it was mm-hmm. one of the early ones, if not the first. Yeah. And I get more comments on on the writer's block than on any of the other shows because it really is, and it's something you feel. I'm sorry, it's something I feel a little precious to talk about. Like you don't want to, like, oh, I'm such an artist, and it's hard to, but it is. You know, it's it's yeah. it's really hard to to break through sometimes and to get the work done, and sometimes just talking about it. Sometimes that's all it takes, talking about it. Or, or, you know, in this case, hearing other writers talk about it, I think makes a big difference. Because sometimes you can feel like you're in your own little world as a writer. You know, that it's something you have that's separate from everything else in your life as a writer when you have full-time jobs and kids and family. And writing is just this different thing Mm -hmm. that you don't share with anybody and you have it in its own little box. And so it, it, it can very easily become something that you don't know how to deal with when things don't go quite right. And so having something like this, people talk about, you know, the fact that we all have that problem as writers. Well, it's because we, it, what it is, is we're having trouble at work. And when you have a normal job and you're having trouble at work, you can you call you, your coworker. Or you talk, yeah you, yeah, you talk to your spouse, you know, I'm having trouble with Sally again at the water cooler. Oh, you know, Sally. And, you know, and, and they can kind of help you through the kind of personal and professional negotiations that it takes to get through a regular day and a regular day job. But when you're 
when you're the only person at the company <laughs> and, that, and that company is write this or, or is going to die in your head, you know, there are, you can only talk to other people who work for their own write this or it'll die in your head companies. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what makes it really useful for when we get together and to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I know that I've had a couple of, I've had a couple of people talk to me about hearing the technical components of it as being helpful. Um, Cindy Cavett has been someone who reached out on Facebook a couple of times and said, you know, listening to your podcast and hearing how different authors approach the process what they struggle with, how they kind of sorted through problems has been sort of inspirational or not inspirational in a precious way, as you would say, but inspirational in a way of like, there's camaraderie in it. You know, we're all struggling. We're all trying to figure out how to put the best words on the paper. And I think for us to not be in a vacuum and for all of us to kind of say, yes, these are things that we face as a community. Um, I think that has been one of the things that I've heard a lot of feedback on is that mm. like, yes, it is good to know that I'm not struggling. I'm the only one struggling, right? It's right. not just me. It's a lot of people and people who are big. I mean, we even had um, a couple of big names on the podcast. We had Michael O'Leary in the spring who was on um, The Guiding Light. He came on and talked about playwriting. And we also had James Arthur, who is a huge poet. He was in um, The New Republic. He's been in The New Yorker. And probably one of my most embarrassing moments of 2017 came during that podcast when pie-eyed, I looked at James Arthur and said, how'd you get in the New Yorker? Yeah. And he was like, well, I didn't start there. And I was like, oh God, this is, I was so embarrassed. I felt like such an idiot, but I was so struck by the fact. that I think that was the right question to ask because I know at least for me, but I think for, for many other people, it's a reminder that, you know, you why don't you start submitting to places you can get in yeah. and then work your way up like 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 any like any other job you know you have to do you have to do the work at a lower level and then you kind of move up the ranks by just doing the work and it's difficult to not get caught up in when i'm when, a when i'm going to get published when am i going to publish for for pay you know? yeah and then yeah. when am i published for good pay and then when is this going to be my real job you know especially for those of us who want to do it for our real job and so to have someone who's already had some success say yeah well you know you you submit to everything and then once you get into one level of magazine you know then you can then you kind of level up and Mm -hmm. it's also because that's how you are getting better as a writer i think anyway as you go along you 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 learn how to how to make yourself better by by working at it yeah because it is it's it's a it's a process you start with the, the low level you 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 write the low level crap like you did when you were younger and maybe it got accepted somewhere. And then when it did, you learn something and then you keep writing and you submit to this bigger magazines. Yeah. And now you, you actually co-hosted that. I was, I did. That was a lot of fun. I really, I really enjoyed, uh, I really enjoyed sitting that with that. He he was such, such an amazing poet and a great guy to talk to because he was just so, so personable about, about his poetry and about his life and, and just so open about something that's really foreign to me, which is poetry is really, is really a foreign thing to me. And uh, and he was really such an easygoing, and it just made me realize that I mean, poetry is really just more just writing and writing in a different way, you know, expressing his own his own feelings and view in the world in a way that's different. I mean, that reminds me of another poet that was on the podcast, Ashes Ashes the Rebirth. Yeah, right? and, Ashley Cuffey. Absolutely. Ashley Cuffey, and she she also blew me away with with as a as a listener um, with the way that she she expressed her creativity and not even in, I mean, initially for her, it wasn't even in the written word. It was just sort of on the cuff, on the cuff poetry. Right. And that's, that's what she did until she yeah. started writing it down. And that's, it 
it's an impressive way of, of seeing the world in a, in a way that's different for me as a writer than I see the world. Oh, yeah, she's incredible. I mean, I had never really experienced the spoken word poetry until she literally stood and delivered a poem to Tony and I. And I remember my jaw was on the floor. I had goosebumps. I mean, she is so powerful. She has such an incredible voice and her ability to play with words. And what I found with Ashley, which was so cool, was that there is this element of spoken word poetry that she gets her feedback immediately. You know, she got to see my jaw on the floor. She got to see Tony actually enjoy poetry because um, Tony hates poetry. Um, you know, she actually got to see, you know, I always tease, we're just teasing Tony about that. Um, but, you know, I got, to, she gets to see the immediate feedback of her work with her audience. Whereas I think sometimes writers traditionally, we write this thing and it goes out. I have no idea what your face looks like when you read my piece. I have no idea what, what your fa face looks like when you see something that I've written, but she gets that. Mm -hmm. She has that moment with, with her audience, which I was so fascinated by. And also, cause it's not always, it's not always positive. Like sometimes things aren't working and um, I remember about that podcast particularly, it was difficult to edit because she was on. She wasn't, I, I think that uh, Ashley is like a kind of poet all the way through. She doesn't, she doesn't do poetry. She kind of is. is. Mm -hmm. So when she's talking, she's got this larger point to make and as many words as it takes and as much inflection as it takes, she's going to get there and you know, we like to joke because we just have the 29 minutes one way or the other. So finding, being able to match her reflections, her inflections rather, and her point, but being able to pull out some of the, some of the minutes to make it come to 29 minutes was, was, was a challenge because she, she never left her point, but she took long enough to finalize it as if she were doing a poem like here's the larger point I'm trying to make and now I'm going to feed you all of these little bits in the middle to to kind of build up that point it was just like an like an oral essay that we had that to, she was like spontaneously yes. creating in that moment it was she's really yeah. incredible I think as a result of the podcast too and your guys's influence on her she went on to I mean she published a book afterwards she did yep a piece uh, of me brings peace to me yeah. is the name of the book of poetry and yeah. it's really incredible yeah so yeah. And that's thanks to you guys I, I, in part <laughs> Well, I hope. The influence of, of the podcast and of the written word. And I guess along those lines, if you are a writer and you would like to join us on the podcast, you can reach out to us at www.sowhatsyourstorypodcast.com. And just go to the Contact Us link and uh, say that you'd like to come on and we'll arrange to have you on. We, we like to record on Wednesday nights, but we, mm -hmm. can, we can make arrangements. Yeah, I mean, typically speaking, Wednesday, but Wednesdays are not always super convenient for some folks. So we, we can work a little bit around that. But one thing we do with the podcast is we like to do it in person. Um, so we we don't really have the capability right now to do like a phone thing. We like this kind of like... Makes for know. the conversation to go much smoother. I mean, and that's that's the joy of the pot, of this particular podcast. And why I like listening to it is because it sounds like a conversation. It doesn't sound like an interview. Right. It sounds like three writers having a chat. Yeah, and I think that was a, a lot of the point of why why we did it. I I never wanted this podcast to sound like 
a hard interview. I always wanted it to be conversational and to just kind of flow. In fact, we've had a couple of guests say, well, what kind of questions are you going to ask me? I'm like, I have no idea. I have no <laughs> idea. Kind, We're going to make it up answer, as we go. What kind of answer are you going to provide to welcome to the podcast? <laughs> we, we say welcome to the podcast, you say something, and then we think up a question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but just kind of to keep kind of like recapping a little bit, we did have a couple, we had a run of people who were doing um, literary magazines. Um, we started that off with Emily. We met Emily Rich, who was the new editor of the Dunmarva Review. We also had on, in 2017, Kathleen Martins, who curated the Divine Feminine um, piece. And then we also spoke with Cindy Hall. Uh, she was the editor and sort of curator. And I think she also inspired the Rehoboth uh, Reimagined piece. And of course, um, last but never ever least, was Nancy Sekadusky who owns uh, Cat and Mouse Press, who puts out the Rehoboth Beach Read Short Story Contest, which was very cool to have. Um, they are authors and writers in their own right, but also doing curating and trying to create these sort of journal and magazine um, pieces for for the area, which I thought was a very cool, which was very, I thought those podcasts in particular were really interesting for writers out there listening who might want to submit to hear what the people in charge of those literary magazines and journals were looking for. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were going to speak and I didn't want to step on it. <laughs> well, I was going to, but then I thought you were going to speak. Well, you, you go, go first. And, speak, and I'll write this time down. 20 minutes, I can remember. Yeah. Um, I, think, uh, I think that's another one of uh, the advantages of having this kind of podcast for writers that are out there and I know because I, I am still one of those writers who are struggling to try to get find a place to put their work, the things that they write that they think are for themselves and they have no place to put them. Hearing hearing journalists, hearing hearing editors from journals come on podcasts like this and talk about here's what we do. Here's here are the things we're looking for, here's how you can get in, here's just how you how you can start. Write us a letter, send us something. I think that's really important for, for a lot of writers out there to hear. And to, to hear editors say, we want to read your stuff. We may not publish it, but we want to hear. We want to see it. We want to see what you've got. And maybe we don't like this one, but that doesn't mean that we don't like your writing. And maybe we don't like this one, but maybe we'll like the next one. Yeah, and the idea that there are editorial calendars in place for even the smaller journals mm -hmm. is like, yeah, it was fun. I think Emily Rich said, we know we get plenty of stuff that's fun. It's just off topic, you know, yeah. and it's just not... It's literally not what we're looking for. It's not just a, a polite way of saying we don't want to publish your work. Yeah. <laughs> it's just literally not what we're looking for. When Nancy Sakadusky was on and she and she said, you know, you should be paying to enter your pieces. What what she said was, even in case you didn't hear the show, is that if people are going to submit it or if places have free submission, then they're making their money someplace else. And you should be a little bit suspicious about that. And it always made me think ever since then I've thought about the kind of flipped perspectives. There are two things that are different now than were different when I first started. Thing number one was it used to be if you had to pay to get read, that was bad. And it also used to be that if you had to self-publish, that was bad. And now we're kind of seeing this kind of reversal where, you know, independent publishing is perfectly acceptable. It's a legitimate medium. And more and more people are seeing it as a legitimate medium. And paying reading fees and things like that just goes to support the fact that someone has to read through all of the stuff that comes in and there, and there's a cost involved with that. And it's not 
neither one of them is exploitive in the way that they may have been seen to be exploitive in the past. When she said that, it was kind of a light bulb moment for me, really, when she was like, you know, be very wary of a contest that doesn't have some sort of entrance fee because at the end of the day, they're going to try to sell you something because, you know, everybody's got to get paid in some way, shape, or form. And that was one nugget of advice from, you know, someone that we had on this podcast uh, in 2017 that really stuck with me. And every time since then, when I've gone to submittable to look at what's going on, I find myself in honor of Nancy Sakatowski bypassing what was free and kind of looking at, you know, because her advice made absolute sense. And to the other point, there have been self-published authors on this podcast who have won awards. Um, we talked to Barbara Champ not in, in 2017 and her novel was self-published on Amazon Create Space and went on to win like a dumb, um, Delaware Press Award. And then she went on to win, um, I think she went on to a, like a national level competition with her work. Um, and actually, Barbara Lockhart also did a, an Amazon Create Space piece, and she won a Silver Award with her um, Elizabeth Field, won right. an Independent Book Publishers Association uh, Silver Medal for, for Mid-Atlantic Fiction. And so I think you're right. I think there is this sort of flipped thought about contest fees as well as self-publishing. On a, on a, on a selfish level, I hope there is a, a perspective that does change with self-publishing because I think there is some very valuable work that is being self-published. And one of the other ones that we had on in 2017 was um, Ben Beck, who who was absolutely incredible. He has self-published and also made for free an entire database that he did with um, Primate Research and, and the stories that came with that. And I thought his episode was absolutely fascinating. If you ever want to hear a story about monkeys in Scotland... You need to go listen to Scottish to boat monkeys. Scottish boat monkeys. Yes, you need to go listen to that podcast because he is so interesting, and that podcast was so great. And again, another person who's self-publishing and doing it. So those stories are worthwhile, and they are being told. And hopefully, we get to share them. It's nice that there's a, a venue for them to get shared. I mean, I think self-published writers one of one of the struggles that we have because I am one is finding a way to get our titles out there, to get our names out there. It's not easy. And that's something we cover all the time. You just, it's intimidating how relentless you have to be. And like for, for a guy, like, I'm, again, I'm tr traditionally published and I still have to be relentless. And, you know, I find I just do not have the energy to be, I don't want to be in the book sales business. You know, <laughs> I just want to write my stuff and, you know, but if, if I want to write stuff and also sell it, then there are two parts to that. First, the writing and then the selling. And, talking to different people about the different ways that they get out there. Like the podcast is one. And I think that uh, one of the things that made Ben and many of our guests, not only interesting to us, but engaging enough that people think that we should get credit when we shouldn't is that <laughs> people are passionate. If you ask someone about the book that they've just finished, they're going to be able to talk eloquently about it. And we have people come in here and they're like, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know. I've never been interviewed before. And you sit down and say, tell me about your book. That's that's pretty much, we could just do that. We could say, tell me about your book and leave. And 29 minutes later, we could come back and, and have a full tape. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting when you talk about people who had passion for their work. Um, two people that really come to mind really quickly is um, Randy George. He was on the podcast and he basically, he had um, rescued a skipjack and he and a, a buddy of his rescued a skipjack. And you want to talk about somebody who was passionate about that. And also now also finding out the selling part. I mean, he is going all over the Delmarva Peninsula with book in hand, like 
here's this book about, I wrote about a skipjack and, you know, and he is, I mean, he's, I mean, we're talking hundreds he's putting out there. And, and, you know, and those are books that are being purchased and, and moving forward. Um, and another person who was on the podcast, um, Dr. Clara Small and Teresa Neal, they were on about, you know, the preservation of African-American culture um, on the Delmarva Peninsula. Their work specifically was about Civil War soldiers. Um, but we get all these really cool people that just have these really passionate, you know, stories. Uh, we had Katie Tabling, who was a reporter, uh, who's now, uh, she was with Ocean City Today. She's now with the Cecil Wig. You want to talk about a journalist who's really passionate about her work. I mean, Katie I mean, you could see it when we were, because Katie was one of those ones when she came in, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say to you. And we just asked a couple of questions and you just watch this writer with so much heart and so much passion and so much love of her job and, and the story. Just It just came right out. It was incredible. You could hear it in that interview too, because in the beginning she was a little a little reluctant to speak, but by the end she was <laughs> she had the microphone and she was going to use it. <laughs> How do you start your year? So it's it's now 2018. As people are listening to this, it's practically 2018. So how do you plan to start your year? And like, do you set goals? Do you, I, I set goals as soon as I fail to meet them, right? So I don't wait for January. I wait for failure and then start again. <laughs> but I feel like I've got a failure coming up any minute now anyway. So we could, we could <laughs> talk a little bit about what, what we plan to do in the new year or how you set up your year either way. New Year's resolutions, I don't believe in. You're going to resolve to do something, you should do it today. So I've already set my goals for 2018 to some degree, moderate ones. You know, I hope to finish the first full draft of my musical by April um, and then and then hope to get it completed and have all the music done by the end of the year. But that's not necessarily all part me. But the part I can do is to finish that first draft. And so I have that as a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe ambitious, but we'll see if it happens. But to start, you know, for I, I start with just sitting down and thinking about what I want to write about and and uh, and the big projects that I want to do, and that's a big one. And it's weird to have multiple projects, like what I'm what I'm working on, what I want to do, and what I and what I need to do. And yeah. So there are these there are these three things, and and finding the balance, and that's it's, always it's a hard balance to find. But yeah. yeah. Stephanie. Stephanie has so, a calendar. You know Stephanie. Oh, yeah. Stephanie has a calendar. She's got a to-do list. I've seen her. I've seen her to-do list. It's very. Yeah, it's have, very organized. Yes, absolutely. But I think I'm a lot like Jeff. I don't. I don't have New Year's resolutions. There was a while back that Patty and I, my wife and I, we adopted a different take on the New Year's resolutions. And what we did was we each pick a word that we want to kind of focus on, and that has meaning for us in that year. Over the past three years, I pick a word that is sort of broad enough that I can apply it to my work life, to my writing life, to my personal life, to a lot of different things. So I'm still working on what that, I think I haven't really come up. I've got a couple of contenders for 2018, but I'm sure by the time this podcast airs, I will have picked my word. And, um, but no, I have a couple, my goal right now, my big writing goal is going to be the completion of the book that I'm working on about the uh, murder of my high school English teacher. My big, uh, my big focus is to finish that one in 2018 and, and be done with it and see it out in print and be done with it so I can move on to the next one. There are so many things that are due today that it's easy to lose track of what you really, really want to do. And I know it sounds weird for people who are already writing to say, you know, I really want to, I really want to write. <laughs> but you know, that's that's I think where we find ourselves. We're like, yeah, I, when I say I really want to write, what I mean is I I want to just write what I just want to write about, yeah. and I don't yeah. want to have to I mean, do other things. Most of most of us writers, whether we're full time writers or not full time writers, 
we write the things that we don't necessarily want to write because we have to. Yeah. So that we can write the stuff that we don't that we do want to write. Eventually. Yeah. You know what I do love to write though? Limericks. Absolutely. Yes. If you would like a limerick from Tony and a haiku from yours truly, all you have to do is go to www.sowhatsyourstorypodcast.com. Click on the contact us button. Give us your name, a mailing address. If you pick a word, Tony will write it into a limerick. I will write it into haiku. We're going to put it on a fancy schmancy postcard that we had custom made just for this podcast. We will put those uh, poems on there. We will slap a stamp on it and pay a, pay a person to bring it right to your house. Just like it's 1853. All right, Stephanie. Well, now is the part of the show where you thank the guest and the listeners. Oh, guys. Well, I'm going to thank the listeners first, Jeff, so you can wait a second. Um... At the end of the year, at the end of uh, 2017, we just want to say thank you to Delmarva Public Radio for giving us this opportunity. We want to thank all the new listeners that we have because of that opportunity. And so thank, if you're listening to this, uh, please know that we appreciate your ears. And if you want to write in and talk to us, we are super happy to, to respond. But And if you're listening to us on a podcast, please know that we appreciate you just as much. So, uh, But anyway, thanks, Jeff, for being back here. Thanks, Steph. Thanks, Tony. It's good to be back. And we'll see you in 2018. We'll see you then. So What's Your Story was recorded at Saltwater Media, an indie book publisher in Berlin, Maryland. Visit us at SoWhatYourStoryPodcast.com, where you can find past episodes, guest bios, show notes, and all sorts of fun stuff. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher Radio, and if you like it, then feel free to give us a good review. Tell your story.